Matt, here we are again alone in my office recording an episode of the podcast. I'm really starting to miss Bodie. Yeah, it feels, I mean, we're definitely missing something in the room here. There's some electricity that isn't there. Yeah, something that's not here. Yeah. Yeah, I was listening to the podcast that we recorded. Mm -hmm. Well, it was really just a few days ago because we were a little bit late recording it and then getting it out took a while. Yeah. Um, in fact, a lot has happened since then. Uh, Richard Carapaz won the Giro. Yeah, Dirty did. Kanza has happened, and, and we had some friends finish, and we yeah. had some friends not finish. Um, we've had uh, a weekend of crit racing and hammered mm. all that we talked about. Yep. Um, Chad Hagel won a stage of the Giro. Yeah. And uh, all of a sudden, we're getting ready for we're getting ready for next week. I know, and and Bodie won't be here next week either. Jeez. Yeah. I mean, so. I thought we did a pretty good job, just the two of us last week, about it. But, you know, I mean, as I was listening to it, there was one thing that that really jumped out for me about our performance, Mm. uh, just the two of us. And you know what that was? What? I really felt like the Yeah You Ride podcast is a lot better when Bodie's on it. Well, good evening, and welcome to episode 87 of the Yeah You Ride podcast. Surprise! This is the Bodie Bodie back to write this ship with me. Is the pizza boss. Emily Bissett. Oh my God, guys. How did we manage that? Wow. And why didn't we do that last week? Yeah. Holy crap. Well, um, um, I feel like we were driving last week when you recorded. We were busy. Yeah. We were on the road. We were probably in Little Rock riding bikes. Uh, awesome. Well, uh, this is a cheerio, and and this is the T Bone. So and we... I hear the church bells in the background. So you guys are definitely at the office. That's right. We are in the uh, in the podcast studio downtown. So we've got the gang back together plus one. Uh, so hey, we should just get right into it. How are you guys doing? And how was Dirty Kanza? Um. Well, let me start because obviously I had a really tough weekend. (laughs) Um, I'm finally feeling like a normal person again. Kind of hated bikes yesterday. Um, Had a pretty bad day. Had a terrible ride. Um, Hmm. But I'm I'm getting pumped for myself this weekend. But really, really, let's 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 give it up to Emily, who did DK 200. That's right. I did. Yeah. That deserves more than a golf clap. That yeah. deserves like, you know, fist bumps and um, <laughs> hell yes. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just got back from Dirty Kanza. Um, it was amazing. Um, it was probably like the hardest thing I've ever done. Uh, definitely the hardest thing I've ever done on my bike. And definitely also one of the most like amazing and inspiring things I've ever done on my bike. So it was great for me. I should say it was great for me. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, there's all kinds of stuff that happened. It's kind of like almost, it feels like a blur a little bit. Um, it was a really long day. The conditions were pretty crazy or just like pretty intense. Um, I guess as that race is known to have. Can you yeah like can you set the scene for us because I remember you came over to my house the Sunday before Kansas right. and right. to to put some new tires on because you were worried about it it was all the talk was that it was going to be a kind of a wet sloppy one right yeah so there was like been a ton of rain in the area uh, over the last month it's been like unseasonably cold and rainy um, they've gotten a ton of flooding and water on the roads and stuff and so by all predictions, I mean, even the week going into the the event, it was still slated to have some rain that day. Um, mm. I think there was like a 40 or 50% chance that it was going to rain. Um, it did not, or at least it did not while we were riding anywhere. I don't think it rained at all in the whole area. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, but we didn't know that. So yeah, I had gone with like, I had, had really researched my tires before I left and I had come to this conclusion that I was going to use these Schwalbe G1s. And then I started looking more at the weather and I realized like that 
might not work out for me. And so at the last minute, I switched it out. And yeah, Matt, you helped me a lot by helping me get set up with those and also giving me a little bit of a tubeless lesson, which thankfully I didn't have to use. Wow. I felt very confident that um, if if I had had to, I could have, at least I knew the basics of how it was done. So. Well, that's surprising. So you didn't, um, we're, I mean, we're straight into tire talk. Yeah, here. I so, think. Um, you, you didn't have yeah, any flats guess, at all? I had zero mechanicals. And I feel like maybe that would be like the number one thing to start with when talking about the success of my race because it's 200 miles and yep. by mile 100, you're pretty tired. And by mile 150, you're really tired. And I feel like if something happens to you between you know, mile 100 and 200, like it's, you're, it's less and less likely that you're going to have like the wherewithal to be able to deal with that. Right. So I had no mechanicals. I'm very, very, very grateful for that. Um, but I mean, I also, I would say I did a fair amount of research trying to like get myself properly set up for that to Mm -hmm. be the case. And I got like a brand new chain and chain ring and cassette and, new tires and you know anything that I could possibly do I had Bodie look at my bike the night before just to like check everything a little bit more I had Jordan look at my bike right before I left just to make sure that everything was in working order um because I really didn't want to have mechanicals because I knew that that would be like that would be really rough for me so yeah that worked out yeah well I think for anybody I mean uh you know we can even get to it I know that uh, there were a bunch of pros out there that were having uh, a bunch of uh, technical issues and uh, and then you know to me- messed up their yeah. races I mean I think that that's really like that I mean that's kind of part of that experience of that race is that it's such a long thing and it's self it's pretty self-supported so you you have to you know if you do have mechanicals you have to know how to do some things about that and i'm not saying that i do i mean i think if i had had big issues i probably wouldn't have finished so um you know i just i got it was part luck that i got to make it all the way through but that's not to discount like you know the work that i did in preparing for it too but yeah you did a ton of work i i want to give you credit for like i said on the podcast before the um, you i would come home and you would have new bits and pieces for your bike and you you did all the research to look up the pieces you need to put yourself in that position to, to you know, you know what they say like opportunity and what's the saying like <laughs> I don't know I'm trying to I'm gonna mangle some sentence but like good luck comes when you're prepared and mm-hmm. and you were super prepared mm-hmm. and that was that like you said you're able to that was one less thing you had to work about you didn't spend ten minutes twenty minutes an yeah. hour on the side of the road stressing and wasting energy trying to fix something so. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, so kudos to you for doing all that work, and it was pretty awesome and inspiring to watch you get prepared and, and have a goal and then set about the steps properly to achieve that goal and, and all the miles you put on your bike and then all the stuff you did with your gear, and, and then you had the good luck and the good fortune, and it all just kind of came together, and yeah. you did... It really d- did come together for me. You did DK200, and I, I was there uh, at 12.24 <laughs> on the main street of Emporia, yeah. With my camera and uh, and uh, I was so happy to see you. Yeah, uh, <laughs> seeing you finish was uh, was pretty awesome. Also, let's give a shout out to Ali Mariano, your teammate and friend, and, yeah. and friend of the podcast, who also uh, finished. I guess shortly behind you, you guys. Yeah, just right hard- behind me. Not maybe a few minutes behind me. Mm-hmm. And did you guys ride together? That was one of the big questions I had because you were close at all the checkpoints, and it seems like you know just. Being that you guys are buds and, and um, you know, it would seem like you'd want to try to stick together just to keep the boredom away. But how did that go? Um, it, it was a little bit. Yeah, we rode together for some of it. Um, we didn't ride together for all of it. I think by the end, like I had my gearing really dialed in for for climbing and there was a lot of climbing. Like I have never climbed that much. Um, so how many how many feet altogether? Exactly. Do you know? Hmm? How many feet was it all together? I don't know exactly. I had the unfortunate, unfortunately, I, I accidentally paused my Garmin for about eight miles of this route somehow. I was going to um, ask you about that as well. I saw your Strava and your Strava said 193 miles and I thought, oh shit, Emily didn't finish. She came yeah. so close. No, no. But I, I was happy I, to read I, you did. 
at the in the beginning i had i had practiced like getting the route on my garmin and setting it up and learning how to use it but for some reason in the morning of you know i loaded up the route and there's a button that says start and so i pressed the start button on my garmin but actually you have to press the enter button it's it's just some stupid thing. Anyway, mm-hmm. I didn't when I first set out at the beginning of the first few miles, um, it was not giving me the route. Like I had the route pulled up, but it wasn't giving me like turn by turn or anything. I actually rode it that way all the way to to the first checkpoint, and and I was like, okay, I got to figure this out, and I reset it. And but at some point during the the first leg, I was trying while riding to reset the route and mm. somehow I paused the Garmin and I didn't notice. I remember it was at 40 miles and like it was like 40.88 miles and then like 30 minutes later I looked down and it said 40.88 miles and I was like, oh shit. <laughs> um, so I don't know. I was bummed about it for like a millisecond and then I was just like, fuck it. <laughs> like just keep going. Like th- right. that does not matter. <laughs> so... Um, I don't, I, so that made my, my mileage was always a little bit off the entire, right. um, part of the entire time I was riding. And then also my, um, elevation probably was a little bit off, but my Garmin said like 10,000 something feet of climbing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm sure it was definitely over 10,000 feet. Yeah. I heard it was 12, about 12,000 for the, for the whole 200 mile route. Yeah. I think that sounds about right. That's pretty um, serious. I mean, the distance and the, and the, and the amount of climbing, uh, that's, that is no joke. Yeah, no, it's definitely not a joke. And, um, it, I mean, it was, but it was really fun, I have to say. So anyway, that is actually leading me back to what we were talking about with Allie. Um, at some point, because I had set my bike up for climbing so well, and also I think I'm just sort of like physically meant to climb, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I, uh, I, I was climbing faster than she was. Right. Um, and so she would sometimes catch me on the descents and we'd ride together for a little while. But then at some point, um, uh, you know, in the, at the third, after the third checkpoint, um, we started out together. I th- no, 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 we didn't actually start out together. I think I left the third checkpoint just before she did, which I felt a little bad about because I was like, man, I should probably wait for her. But I was so worried about it getting dark and I was so worried about riding in the dark. Yeah. Yeah. And at, at some point, riding your pace and riding your race is more important than riding with even a good friend like Allie is, right? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the entire race, you really, and I think that is also something if I could say like, if I could give myself kudos for something that I did right, it's like riding within my abilities. Like I really thought hard about like not going out hard at the front or mm-hmm. trying to even keep up with anyone. Um, not trying to like, you know, just just trying to get it through the race and not trying to like take anything, any risky. I mean, I'm not great at descending. That's I already know that. So descending on gravel in steep hills in packs with ruts and like nasty gravel is definitely not my thing yeah yeah so knowing that about myself i mean i probably wore my brake pads out like i probably don't have any brake pads left (laughs) um my like hands took me took me like two or three days before my hands felt like normal hands again from Mm -hmm. just braking so hard but i mean i made it so well and we saw from from the misfortune of some of our other friends specifically sarah and elise that it was exactly that those gnarly descents and i'm not suggesting that they were bombing them or doing anything dangerous as they were going down them but you know to your point about you know riding you know riding your plan and if your plan is to take it easy on descent so that you don't crash you know we saw what happened uh, to to yeah. Sarah and Elise, you know, crashing sometimes doesn't just mean going down and and you know having to get up and dust yourself off. It can mean the end of your race because you know you break something on your body and uh, right. it's really really terrible to hear about that. I'm very sorry for you know to to hear that yeah. from them. Yeah. Did did you were you ahead of that? Did you pass them up on the road? Did, did you know that that no, had happened? Actually, they were well. So Elise was behind. She crashed in the first leg. And at that point, she had gone out a little bit hard at the start, um, or she was she was ahead of me. And at some point, I passed her. She was looking like tired, mm-hmm. um, and I, you know, kind of gave her like a wave. And she was like, "I'm gonna keep. I'm gonna take it easy." And that was the last time I saw her. Um, and then I found out at checkpoint one that she had crashed. 
Um, and I, I mean like that, it's also, it was just like such, so mentally, um, I mean, it was just, I've never been through anything like that where like your teammate and your friend crashes and you're just like, you're trying to process that happening and the fact that they're being taken away by ambulance and you just want to drop everything and like, you feel like you should be there to help them. And then at the same time, you're like only a quarter of a way into this thing that you've spent six months training for. And right. thankfully we had like a ton of amazing supporters, Bodhi included. Um, we had a ton of, you know, we had at least one person per, per rider to do support. And so that really made a difference. We were able to, you know, coordinate with other people to go help the people that needed help to get off the course or to like, Get, go get bikes or you know whatever needed to happen yeah so well, that was elise's crash but did i hear or read on instagram or facebook that when sarah crashed you were actually you actually came upon her on the road and, and sat and waited for the ambulance yeah. to arrive with her yeah that that happened in the second leg we had all left the, the first checkpoint and we're all in that second leg and sarah and Allie had left ahead of me and so they were riding, I don't know if they were together when that happened, or I think Sarah was maybe a little bit ahead and she took a pretty gnarly descent. And when I rolled up to the, I came up to the top of a hill and there was a couple women standing at the top and they were yelling, rider down, rider down on the left. So I slowed up and I looked and I kind of squinted and I saw Allie standing there in the road. And then I rode down real slowly and it was Sarah just like totally splayed out in the mm. middle of the road. Oof. Um, and it was like, yeah, it was scary. Like, I mean, she was awake, but she was obviously like really in, kind of in shock and like dazed and her helmet was cracked and her head was bleeding. And like, we didn't know if we should move her. And like, it, it was really scary. Um, but yeah, no, I stopped there. I, I mean, there was no choice. Like there was no question that I was gonna stop. Right. Um, but she got she got help from from medical and and got on her way to the hospital and you got back on your way to your race. Hey, real quick before before we get back into your story, this is probably a good spot to pause and say Elise and Sarah are roommates. They're both back in town now. They're both broken. Elise has a a, a broken collarbone and mm-hmm. needs surgery. Sarah's got also something broken, maybe her scapula. I don't know. Anyway, she's and she's got a pretty bad concussion. Yeah. Um, those uh, folks are, are needing some help, and there is, as we speak, a meal train uh, up on Elise's Facebook page. I think you can access it. So they're looking for help just with meals. So um, get in on that if you're listening to this and you're friends with Sarah and Elise. Jump on the meal train and and help them out because they literally, you know, I mean, they can't. They can't use both of their arms. And again, it's not like one roommate can help the other because they're both banged up. Yeah. And, so, and I know, uh, yeah, so definitely contact Elise because I know or, um, Sarah's not going to be on screen much, I don't think, for the next week or so. Right. Yeah. I, I know from experience that uh, when, you know, she's got a, a concussion and uh, you just don't want to look at anything. It's uh, You just want to keep your eyes closed the whole time. So Bodie, you're f- kind of following this along. I mean, you're 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 going checkpoint to checkpoint. I guess you can't you can't obviously provide support on the road. So you have a different a different route that you're taking from one checkpoint to the next to kind of wait for Emily to to show up. Or how's that going from a support support perspective? Yeah, I mean, I'll just even back up and kind of give everybody the context of this whole situation. Is that you know there was. There was four women who were doing the the DK two hundred, and we had two women who were doing the DK one hundred, mm-hmm. um, and then we had me, Megan, Carolyn, as support. So we had three people as support. And Stacia. And Stacia, who was actually up in Kansas. So we had four people as support, and so it this year the route was you know you went there was two checkpoints that support could go to at mile uh, sixty and mile 150. There was also a, a checkpoint that was just neutral water, uh, but there's none, none of the support crew could go there um, So at mile 100 or- 121. Okay, 121, yeah. Wow. There's also another. So that what that meant is, yeah, that I saw everybody at mile, the checkpoint one, and then I didn't see them for, what is that, another 100? <laughs> so many. Another hours. 90 miles at, at, at checkpoint two, and so, once these events started happening, it really did kind of 
make all of the support people have to kind of scramble to figure out what we're going to doing because you know we had limited cars not everybody had a car and we we were all you know 40 50 miles away and so i get to checkpoint one and i'm trying to set up um and i had a battle with this pop-up tent that i kept talking about but it really like really threw my game off um talk about like riders (laughs) learning lessons from dk like support man i i mm-hmm. was like amateur support hour like i was looking at all the pros around me with their tables and their perfect tents and everything lined up and i was like kind of a, a bit of a mess but uh yeah i get a text that elise has gone down and she's going to the hospital and i'm like okay trying to figure out what we're gonna do with that and then i'm like also waiting for my support my four three other women to come in and they came in to checkpoint one, and so I'm trying to get them ready and cleaned up and all the new, more nutrition and look at their bikes and clean their chains and then be like, all right, so do I let y'all know that Elise crashed? But I mean, I don't want to, I don't want anybody to worry, but I obviously they had to know, so we let yeah. them know and then we get them all on their way and then it's me and Stacia, we're trying to figure out what who's gonna go to Topeka, because that's where uh, Elise was, which is like an hour away. Mm-hmm. And so the woman at the checkpoint three, is driving to Topeka and so we're leaving one person there with all the gear like waiting while and then I'm going to drive over to checkpoint three and then one one's going to go to Topeka and was that I can't remember when I when the text came in that then Sarah Sarah. had crashed and then we're trying to figure out okay what hospital is she going to well you know that we actually we when the EMTs came to get Sarah we told them to take her to where Elise was well, there you because go. we were like okay we know that Megan's already there so like mm-hmm. or she's going there so and it was also hard for us cuz on course you don't always have service like i actually couldn't test, text anybody at that place where Sarah crashed Allie had a little service i had none so yeah, I mean, to, to um, you know, if, for people that don't know, I mean, these are there's there's vast expanses where you're you're not really going. There's no towns or anything that you're going through or anything, right? No, there's nothing. There is nothing but cows, horses, pastures, fields, gravel roads, sunshine. I mean, river crossings. Yeah, a lot of rock. A lot of, a lot of rocks. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I mean, it was so anyway. I eventually get to the the third checkpoint and uh, then. You know, you've got Megan going to Topeka to get Sarah and Elise. And so me and Carolyn are holding down our spot. Try- and, and But luckily, we had a plenty of time to sit at Checkpoint 2 and wait because we were then looking at their speeds and we would get updated texts. So there was a few timing um, points along the course and they would update us with, with when our riders went through. That was really the only way to track them unless they had like a some sort of tracker which no, no one had mm-hmm. and uh so that was interesting so you'd, you'd guesstimate their speed you would see what rate they were traveling at uh, uh dk and emily printed out all the uh, course maps so i could then look at the course maps and sort of like try to go okay they're going 11 miles an hour it's been two hours or 22 miles and i could see where they're on the course which is actually was pretty fun uh, to do that. Yeah. And then just kind of time, and, and then you'd kind of go wait where they kind of come into this, like, checkpoint shoot. And be like, hey, we're over here. And, um, well, yeah, that was... To was ask pretty- about that, I mean, there's there's thousands of people there, right? Thousands of riders. So, yeah, I mean, it must... Well organized. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of folks, it, it, it is, is extremely well organized. Uh, you sort of, you get a sticker for your car, color-based, and... That's what, you know, we were green. So all our riders know that we were in the green zone and, mm. and it kind of depend on how you came in. You look for the green flags and that's where we were. Yeah. And, I mean, actually, and so this whole this whole thing with the tent that broke at first checkpoint was actually pretty key because the second checkpoint had like no shade mm. and it's blazing hot. And luckily, uh, Allie's sister made friends with some riders next to us. So we sat under their tent and we tried to rig our broken tent against like the car and the tree to like make some shade. That's um, funny. I don't even remember checkpoint three barely. Well, we moved into the shadow of school at some point when everybody started leaving, um, and then and then you came through. But I, what what was interesting for me was I had some downtime at checkpoint three, and I got there before the front of the race did. So I was able to kind of switch into photographer mode and watch the, um, the the very pointy end of the race come through. Colin Strickland, Peter Stetna, mm-hmm. uh, Lachlan, Alex, 
um, Keel, and a few other guys. Uh, Ted King. Didn't even recognize Ted King. But I got to say, that was really an interesting and com- kind of new for me in terms of uh, professional cycling. The way they these riders come in, and it's just like it's like a NASCAR right. pit stop where they roll up to their spot and like slam on the brakes, and it's like Swanier's taking bottles off, putting new bottles on, throwing the bike on the uh, the stand real fast. The rider just like maybe like taking a jersey off, like Keel Ryan. I have a photo of him like chugging pickle juice from a jar of pickles, like switching jerseys, like throwing ice in their pants if you guys saw the photo i posted on uh, instagram of alex howe's like chugging a coke and literally dumping ice down his bibs like and it wasn't just him it was like the rest of the swannies there and speaking of swanee i mean jonathan botters was fetching bottles for the ef crew yeah um you know tom hopper was their kind of their lead mechanic director i guess for ef uh, and their alternative racing calendar so just to kind of see this at a different dynamic in terms of how we've seen pros sort of get assistance and also to watch the people observe this like this this was this was actually now part of of the race this was part of the sport that you're that you're paying attention to was what they did uh, at the checkpoint and I found it completely fascinating and I really think we're going to see more of this. This is mm-hmm. this is definitely part of the future of professional racing. Well, mm-hmm. let me ask you, Bodie, because we've talked about that on previous episodes of the podcast, sort of posing the question of what it was going to be like for big pro teams to show up and, and, and race Kansas the way they did. And really, you know, that's, it's happened in the past. In past years, pros have gone. But this is really the first year that the sort of pro experience was was happening the the way it was happening um what were your first-hand impressions from from being there did it work uh you've said it's the future is it is the future bright is it is it uh is it a problem i mean what are your thoughts from having seen it from the perspective of of a fan and an amateur racer yourself i mean i have lots of thoughts um and i'll try to be succinct I think I don't think it, it's the future, as in T eight like capital. Like it is part of the future. Like we're still gonna have pro races, the tour, crits, you know, road races. Like all that stuff is great. But I think this is definitely gonna be part of the future moving forward. Whether it's uh, you know more off road uh, races, uh, more self supported in aspects, mm-hmm. uh, more mass start um, where the amateurs and pros are together. Um, what I thought was also was interesting was how you covered the event um, from a journalist, you know, photographer perspective. On the way to checkpoint one, I was like, I have enough time. I I'm gonna stop and try to take photos of the front of the of the race coming through, and and I was able to look at the course map and kind of guess where they were, and I I, I was like, I'm gonna find a turn right. where, the, where they make a left or right hand turn because I'll get two perspectives. And I showed up to this one point and there were, and I posted on my Instagram story, there was already like eight photographers there, like two drone guys. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, okay, so obviously this is what everybody else is thinking. And it's, it was just kind of funny that I found the corner everybody else was at. Um, and I ran into our, our pal, Zach Schuster out of Cyclocross Magazine. Um, and he was there. I think there's, so far, that's the only outlet I've seen who's really done a lot of coverage on the event. Um, but so that's the thing. It's like there is no TV coverage, right? So you can't right. really watch it, um, which is the one thing I feel is kind of missing. And that, like, I don't know how you, like, I don't feel like you can put a moto on a car in a gravel race and, like, no. kick up dust. And I'm just talking purely for the for the, for the the racers. Right. Uh, well, we've seen what an issue it is at like even at like Roubaix or um, Strade Bianchi, but this is more hardcore, and you don't want. I mean, they're going to be kicking up stones and stuff, you know. It's, uh, yeah, but right. Well, is, yeah, it, yes. yeah, isn't is the whole? Gravel. I mean, so like, I can see some people have an issue with that. It's not pure. It's not core. But like my my, I'm from like a technical like aspect. How do you do that? And so you know, it, does it come from the journalists, the photographers, the videographers, like going point to point? literally spending all day grabbing snippets 
mm-hmm. of the race and sort of uploading that piece by piece together and or developing a report at the end. Right. Uh, but Which it, is, it, I mean, it, like if you know, if you when you read about like you know Jared Gruber about what he does at like Paris Roubaix and you know he's got a guy on the moto who knows all the back roads, who knows all the little shortcuts into the race. It's you know it's. Um, but this is a little different, isn't it? Because you don't really get to know the course until not long before it. If you're you know as a pro photographer, it's like they don't release the actual route till pretty late on. Yeah, not till week four. And the difference in, with Jared Gruber is that there's also there's while he's doing his work, there's a TV camera and, and helicopters yes. covering the event the whole time. Right, but um, the whole point so of Kansas is it it's supposed to be covered by Instagram, right? <laughs> well, that's Red Hook. There's no internet up there. It's really hard to uh, get that coverage out. But that um, makes I, it kind of cool in a way that you know you're not going to get the full kind of story, the full picture until until it all gets pieced together later on. Yeah. You know? So one of the cool things for me as a fan is 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 reading everybody's debrief. Like every mm-hmm. even a lot of the pros did like a, a, a an Instagram sort of multi multi shot scrolling slideshow um debrief of their race experience and in a way that's kind of a cooler way to experience the race as a fan than to see it live to actually get you know because it's you know after some reflection and thoughts about how the race went down i mean i know uh you know my good friend and friend of the podcast yuri housewald did a a a really cool sort of video post uh, about a, a guy that was, you know, one of his one of his support crew that sort of encouraged him to keep going and gave him a big hug at the finish line and kind of the backstory of that. Um, you know, both the men's and women's winners did a, a long sort of you know race recap, and it was really kind of cool. I thought to to experience the event that way from a fan's perspective, and maybe there's something to that. You know, to to that to that not live TV kind of quote-unquote coverage of the event yeah I, I could see that I mean I think there's I think that if they're maybe not at Dirty Kansas but at other events they will figure out a way to have more live coverage and and I'll think we'll really enjoy it I mean because if you I mean just to briefly talk about the the front of the race you know the men's winner Colin Strickland who essentially went solo at mile a hundred, mm-hmm. um, and if and it, you know, as you said, Townsend, based on his debrief on Instagram, he's like, "Oh, I knew I had five to six hours of tempo left," <laughs> you know, and just like that's kind of mind-boggling, and to think about like the firepower behind him who was chasing, yeah, and you know, world tour pros, Peter Stetna came in second, and Lachlan Morton and Al Cows. And, and, you know, and, and in their Instagram post, Townsend, to, to go back to your point, also, like, Alex Howe is, like, saying he was coming undone. And, 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 and the fact that he was stuffing ice down his bibs mm-hmm. um, really speaks to that. And I, I don't know. That's Well, and Stetna Stet- said he, he just um, he knew he wasn't far behind and he tried to put in a massive TT effort to catch Colin in the, like, I don't know, the last 20, 30 miles or whatever. And he just he said he blew up. He just couldn't. He couldn't yeah. do it any he actually, longer. He said he got a Twizzler at like 10 to go or something yeah. like that from some kid. And it's funny because like I love hearing all this stuff about like all the pros race recaps too because, you know, like I got to do the same race that they did on mm-hmm. the same course, the same distance, like all of this exact same thing. Of and course, starting on the same day, the same time. Yeah, of course, at a very different pace or whatever. But like, like I also at mile 10 was like losing my shit. And then like, I didn't get a Twizzler, but I came through that little town of Americas where like people were still outside with their tents cheering for you at 1115 at night. Mm -hmm. And like, I didn't get a Twizzler, but I got cheers that were like totally, like I felt like I got to live that out too in my own way, you know? That's awesome. It was awesome. So yeah. I, I wanted to ask you, Emily, um, about that, about like, you know, the further you get in these things, I mean, we know like any type, kind of long event you do like that, I mean, just staying, the, there's the physical toll that it's taking on you, but then the mental game is a huge thing too, right? How did you, yeah. how did you deal with that? You know, I honestly, that actually was the easier part of it for me. I don't know if it's, I, I'm not sure why I really like worked hard at, at, I mean, I guess maybe going around the lake and doing it part 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 of the way by myself, mm-hmm. um, and have and kind of dealing with that, like okay, like sixty more miles, fifty more miles. Um, I also went to that women's um, 
panel the day, the day before Dirty Kanza, and uh, Lail Wilcox was there, and she did a little talk about um, just, I mean, just her experiences in, in doing long-distance racing. And I remember that one of the things that she said about um, about how she dealt with that was that every time she would start feeling really bad, she would just tell herself, just do this for one more hour and see how you feel. Yeah. And that generally in, an hour later, she would feel totally differently. And so I really did take that little bit of advice with me too. Um, every time I would get to like, like, oh my God, I can't take one more, like, you know, my butt hurts, my hands hurt, like everything's hurting me right now. Um, I would just say like, okay, do 10 more miles. Cause that's about an hour for me on that course. Yeah. Um, especially by the end, it was definitely like 10 miles an hour. So yeah, I don't know. Yeah. So just to kind of finish up sort of our, like our journey, um, Emily leaves checkpoint two. Uh, you know, you, you kind of did, you did the Jersey switch, mm-hmm. you changed some clothes, you like, you got cleaned up, you got changed new socks. Your new socks, new gloves, really anything you could do to kind of make yourself feel refreshed. You got rid of the EF bandana that you were carrying. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we had bought, uh, Allie and Emily at this point, we had two oh, women, yeah. uh, pizza cause all they wanted checkpoint, uh, uh three. And Emily, if you saw uh, some video we posted, <laughs> she did not like the pizza, and it was pretty funny. Uh, well, I, I, I mean, forgot was... to mention, this is the one part I did really struggle with, and I don't know why I had this issue, but because during training, I had no problems eating on my bike yeah. at all. Um, I don't know if it's because I stopped more, or I don't know. But during this event, like I just could not eat. Um, and I, I, I had to just really force, like, I probably just ate gels and gummies pretty much the whole race. I made, I ate one peanut butter sandwich and part of a turkey sandwich. And then I tried to eat that pizza, which at mile 99 sounded so good, but somehow by mile 151, like I literally couldn't even swallow a bite of it. I, it was like, I was going to barf. So. Oh. Yeah, so so she, she took off and I sent her on her way and I gave her a big hug and I was like, I was like, well, you, I mean you're this far like you have to do it like i'm also not going to come pick you up i'm saying i would but like it's like you're the, that's like, motivation you're gonna do it yeah like, that's some tough love you're gonna there. do it you know and and ali left a few minutes after ali kind of similar thing she liked the pizza she got cleaned up got a big hug from her sister um we sent them on our way and so then it was just you know the us cleaning up um there was a lot of stuff everywhere oh God, uh, supporting yeah. these women it was pretty interesting to kind of see the detritus that was left over and and just the amount of coolers and, and food and sandwiches that were never eaten that everybody <laughs> packed that we ate as our own lunch <laughs> while we did support um you know and 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 we were staying like 40 minutes from emporia and goddamn, i drove so much this week this weekend but we drove back got cleaned up to our little uh where we were staying this little ranch and uh, then we went downtown emporia and at that point, Emily turned on her phone so I could track her via iPhone. And, and, and so we kind of just sat there and enjoyed the festival as people came through and mm-hmm. and just watched on my phone as she just kind of kept clo- getting closer and closer. And I would check the, the map and see where she was. And uh, and all of a sudden, like, here comes these, like, blinding bright lights down the finish <laughs> shoot. And I'm like, uh, I think that's her. Like, I'm trying to snap a photo, but she has yeah. the brightest lights on. And I don't notice until she passes me. There, there goes my girl, and uh, yeah, and that was it, and it was amazing. It and was then, awesome. And then, and then uh, Allie finished right after, and you're like, "Where's Allie?" And you guys got a debrief with each other, and <laughs> that was super cool. And yeah, yeah. and then, and then it was like clean up and and go home. I think we got back at like one thirty ish. Yeah, mm-hmm. maybe bed day. by two, and we woken up the day before at three thirty. So it's a long day. Yeah. Whew. Yeah. So I'm assuming you slept for a while, Emily. And then you got up at some point, um, and what did you have? What did you have for breakfast? Uh, chips. I ate potato chips for breakfast. Oh my gosh! <laughs> we went into Emporia and ate Mexican food, and because it, it sounded you know really good, and it was really good. My stomach was messed up for like a few days after yeah. that race. Like I, yeah, you can chips- only do so many gels, right? Yeah, like you eat so many gels, and like you're so nauseated and dehydrated, and I don't know. Yeah, it's just it takes a while. I'm still. I feel like I'm. I'm coming back to being a normal, regular person now. We went on that bike ride yesterday, and Bodie felt terrible. I actually felt 
I felt okay considering I had been on my bike for 18 hours. Yeah, I'm finally before. feeling like a regular person. I mean, I don't do well not not sleeping and, and yeah. going a whole day with no sleep is is really bad. But uh, yeah, so we went to Dempori the next day, and it was just kind of a completely different scene, and it was just so much more relaxed. And uh, there was a, th- a lot of people still there, I think, in town, just kind of getting ready to leave. And mm-hmm. we had some pretty good Mexican food and went to a cool little coffee shop and... Um, just for the next that that night cleaning up and getting things ready to go and and uh yeah that was it was quite an experience and I, this is my first time in Kansas not being on I70 and uh, the Flint Hills are really actually quite spectacular um I before I went to checkpoint 1 I stopped at a grocery store to get some ice and some cokes and it was just started chatting to these people who were in the parking lot and they were just like, yeah, we just, we come down to watch the beginning and, and then we'll come back to watch the, the finish. They didn't have anybody in the race. They didn't know anybody, but they, you know, as, as we've heard, like the, the city really comes out for mm-hmm. this race and, and that was cool. And, and I was just kind of asking them about, you know, Kansas and they're like, yeah, it's usually not this green. Um, but you know, we got a lot of rain and it was just, it was a really, um, it was really awesome to to be out on those roads and, and, and to see a different part of the country. And uh, it was really, really beautiful. It was kind of hard to handle it sometimes. It was awesome. The whole thing was amazing. I just also want to give a shout out to uh, Catherine and Joan, yeah. mm-hmm. who did the 100 and like crushed both of their races. Joan did it on a mountain bike. Yeah. Um, and then, I mean, Elise and Sarah, like my heart really just was broken for them that they had the experiences that they did i know both of them could have done it i know that both of them could do it if you know one day they could they will do it if they want to and they certainly don't need to do it or like i I don't know i feel like no one needs to prove anything to anybody but um i I was really heartbroken for them the way that that played out yeah especially elise having you know had some bad luck last year and gone back for gone back for redemption against the race this year only to yeah but see that's that's the thing that i feel like people go back for redemption because it's the kind of thing where it's like this thing that you feel like you have to prove and 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 so much of it is just luck yeah right. i mean it's, it is training and it is preparing and it is all those things mm-hmm. and like i don't want to discount that but just there's just this huge portion of it that comes down to like the luck that you have. And I don't know, I just don't feel like anyone should ever have to prove that they can do something like that. Um, well, not suggesting that they have to, but I know Elise really wanted to, and it's just a real bummer that, that, that she didn't get the chance to. Well, there's going to be other chances if she wants them. And I know that, I know that they can both do it. And, um, yeah. 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 Before we, I mean, I just wanted to give a shout out. We have some friends uh, who all, you know, other teammates, Scott Galante went out to uh, Kansas and he, he unfortunately had a pretty, pretty rough day. He sent me a pretty long message detailing all the things that happened and, and he had like two or three flats and he, I think he, he bent his derailleur and he crashed. Uh, and he, so had he actually two- changed his derailleur hanger in mid race. Yeah. Broke and his, so broke his hanger stop. and changed it. Yeah. Stop at like mile 13, 113, but it sounds like he, I mean, that, that's a lot of things to deal with. Um, and hopefully he'll get back out there and try it again. Um, we saw we, uh, Jason Shear uh, right. did the DKXL. And wow. I, I finished seen his race report, but it sounds like he had a great ride. Yeah. Um, did pretty well. Uh, Jack White uh, was out there. Um, I think he, I mean, these guys are really strong and fast. I don't know how he feels about his race, but we also saw uh, Scott Coversmith, mm-hmm. who uh, I saw come through checkpoint one fairly close to the the lead group. Yeah, he was uh, twenty two minutes off the lead group at some point mm-hmm. uh, in the you know at one of the checkpoints, and I thought, or he was maybe in top top thirty overall. Yeah, he was maybe in the top was, thirty. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I mean, you know, like I think what what everybody has says is like it's just. It's, it seems to be really hard to prepare for all the things, uh, the Dirty Kanza. Uh, well, like Wendy Scherer's derail, or her, um, oh, that's right. her jockey, her jockey wheel just like broke at mile 15 or something. Mm-hmm. I mean, can you imagine preparing for six yeah, months you... for a race and then like an hour in, you're just, that's it, I you're guess, done? Yeah, do you bring your spare jockey wheels next time? It's just, yeah, it's kind of crazy. Yeah. Uh, but I, w- I do want to kind of briefly, uh, 
toot my own horn a little bit here. <laughs> if we're if we're not if I'm not tooting my own horn on this podcast, it's like what's the point of having a podcast? But I don't know if you guys saw what tires EF was running. Uh-huh. I mean they weren't the winning tires, but did you guys uh, see were they on the Vittoria uh whatever's? The Torino dries? Lordy's favorite tires. Yep. And who, I, I wait, who out. was running Torino dries? Uh EF. Mm. EF, really? Well, they're sponsored oh, by Vittoria. Okay. Yeah. Nice. I guess you know. I guess uh, Taylor Finney did get a bunch of flats, but it seems like Lachlan and uh, Alex House is okay. And I went out and did three training rides on the gravel. Um, a 32 Vittoria drives that are clapped out and have done all kinds of things. Wow. And flats here. Granted, right. I rode for three hours total. <laughs> um, and I, I, and so, and, and I just like. Had a little more perspective on on you know endurance riding, and I, I could see that like 32s are definitely not 32s are okay for an hour or two hour, um, yeah. but I could see how some 38s would be really nice, and and I only saw photos of some of the really bombed out roads. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, I mean I, kinda, I understood the gravel bike thing after Dirty yeah. Kansas. Well, like, look, Bodie, if Bodie, if you ever do decide to go do Dirty Kanza. Uh, and, and maybe that's a question we need to pose to you before we before we close this segment out. But if you ever do decide to go do Dirty Kanza, I certainly respect your choice to do it on a set of Torino Dries, but I would recommend that you get a new set of yeah. Torino Dries before you, write, uh, before you race Dirty Kanza. are highly recommended. Yeah, I think I would have to get some. I, I, I honestly don't think that I would ever do a race like that on my cross bike. I don't want to do uh, 10,000 feet of climbing and descending on canty brakes. Mm. Um, so where and, where is your head at, Bodie, in terms of this? You've been up there. You've been, seen the experience. You've watched uh, Emily and Allie finish. You've watched some pros race it. Uh, are you, Bodie, going to do dirty cans at some point in the future? Well, I mean... The, the the teenager Bodie would be like, dude, DK is so over. Like, I got to go find something else. Um, but the near 40-year-old Bodie is like, it's really intriguing. And I kind of like the idea of the challenge. And uh, there's a lot of things about the race I like. I also just don't know that I the, – my current goals with cycling fit with the training needed for right. – can- Also, like I said, I, I wouldn't do it you on can't do life. everything. Yeah, and I wouldn't do it on my current bike, and so that would require getting a new bike, mm. and that's not quite in the road. I mean, I, I think I think maybe I would like to try it one year, um, but I like I've talked to Emily. Like, I have some other road cycling goals I want to try first because um, I really love crit, okay. race, crit racing, and that's coming up. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm I'm excited to do Jason's gravel series next next winter. I'm looking forward to that again. Heck yeah, um, I'm gonna do it with you. This, this, yeah, me too. It, it it got me stoked on gravel again, and we've been we've been doing a lot of road stuff this last few months, and I've been loving my road bike and doing road. But riding those uh, Kansas gravel roads, I'm like, oh yeah, I forgot how much I love this stuff. You know um, what? I just remembered. I just realized the very first time I ever rode gravel was when we went on one of those airport loops around the the airport and there's that little bit of gravel that goes around the airport and Mm. i remember riding around that and going why would anyone ever want to do this oh my god look at me now from from airport from airport loops to Mm. dirty kansas yeah Yeah. emily bissett story yeah (laughs) the airport loop is literally like a mile of gravel well emily cheers to you i'm just popping one of the uh cucumber lime ghosts that you gave me for helping you out with your tires and uh very glad that those didn't fail on you well um, yeah no they did not and i i thought about i thought about you while i was riding i was like matt don't fail me now <laughs> so a couple a couple final points from 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 my perspective and matt you chime in if you want we've heard bodie and emily's perspective about the race mm. um just a, just a couple you know points at fan perspective about the race uh both the men's uh, uh, and women's DK 200 winners this year on mm-hmm. the same bike, the new Allied Able. How about that? Brand new bike, and they just received them just before the event, I think. Pretty, well, just, pretty. Yeah. Uh, you know, if you if you if you're uh, Allied, you couldn't have hoped for anything 
any better than that to have uh, both both winners on your brand new gravel bike so Bodie if you're thinking about getting a gravel bike maybe that's the maybe that's the bike for you it'll only set you back about eight grand mm, bargain I, I gotta say gravel bikes look pretty cool or maybe that's just what road bikes look like now and I'm just so used to my older crap but like they all look cool that's mm-hmm. that's like yep. I kind of want one now because I think they look cool. The bike industry is is brainwashing me, you know, <laughs> and spend more money. Um, yeah, I think it's pretty great. And you know, if I was on top of my shit and like had any sort of sense of anything, we went through Little Rock on the way to uh, Tulsa, oh. and you know, we could have like, I don't know, you know, yeah. spoke to Ally on the way to Kansas about their bikes. But uh, well, yeah, I have was, a not I have a not so bold prediction, which is that a number of allied ables will be sold over the next several months. Yeah, from a, from a marketing point of view, that was a- uh, Home a, run. A, yes, a, a slam dunk or uh, what? <laughs> yes, yeah, slam dunk, home run. Um, and you know, uh, Colin Strickland, obviously uh, super smart move on them to get with him because he, he's a beast. Uh, I don't even really, I don't actually know the women's winner, Amity Rockwell. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't, I'm not familiar with her either, but she, sure. she killed it. Yeah, and you know that race, Olivia Dillon, who the day before at the expo sold me a new Velocio (laughs) kit. Top five finish for her. I mean, she was leading for quite a while. She was leading. She had a a late flat. I think maybe forty miles to go. She got a flat, and I think that's when Amity. From what I read, I wasn't there. That's what is when Amity passed her. Yeah, I just love the fact that uh, that Olivia Dillon was work in the expo the day before on her feet in this yeah. hot trailer getting me to buy a full velocity uh, yep, kit and then right. next day out at dk 200 crushing it uh allison tetrick in second um ran into will matthews my photographer friend uh an emporia and he had some amazing photos of of allison um I saw, like uh, I said, Zach Schuster from CX Magazine was there. He was taking photos. Uh, go read his stuff on CX Magazine. Um, yeah, lot, lot, uh, Ted King had this guy named Anzi Dickel, the photographer, who was with them. Getting a lot of cool shots of Ted King. Uh, EF had, was there with their crew, their video crew. Uh, Jordan Clark Haggard had some great photos. So there's some good stuff out there, folks. Go check it out. Um, and I'm going to post a few. I have like I have like three photos I took that uh, of, of, of the of the 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 race the front of the race that i'll post here in a bit um but yeah i think that's that's about it i mean yeah i i wanted to just give a real real quick um mention to uh my friend and actually allison harkey's good friend you may have heard allison talking about her in the past peta takai who finished 11th overall uh in the women's race that's right yeah she was like what 13 hours and 39 minutes i think she did it also, let's give a shout out to uh, our friend on the podcast, Yuri Halswald, uh, who did his fifth DK. Uh, Former I winner. No, it, it's a you, it's a thing now. It's a thousand miles. Oh, yeah. You you get the Grail. Um, and a mm. funny story was that on the Friday spinout ride, Yuri was there, and I wanted to introduce myself, and I finally found a chance to ride up next to him, and I was like, "Hey, hi, Yuri. You know, I'm Bodie. Like." We've kind of met. I'm really good friends with Townsend. You were on my podcast. He was like, "Oh, I was on your podcast. You should have like, you know, made a joke about how I didn't recognize me." And then, but there was like this snicker of all the riders like behind me, and I feel like such a boob. (laughs) My podcast, because you know, everybody's got to have a podcast. But he was super cool about it, and he told me that he was going for his fifth, and his DKXL miles didn't count. And uh, oh, really? Pretty cool. And I also got to run into a friend of the podcast, Vince G. I finally got to meet the famous Vince G, uh, who was there supporting some Avolo riders, Gage Hecht, Lance Haydet, and another rider I'm unfamiliar with. Um, and it was funny because he was like, yep, never, uh, you know, just built up the gravel bike last night, uh, put these tires on. I'm like, have you ever pitted for at a cross race? He's like, never. Yeah. <laughs> and I thought he had he I think he said he's never even worked on um, ETAP or any or, or DI2 or it was his first time the night before. Uh, I was like, well, you know, fancy you're a pro, I'm sure it's fine. But uh, it was interesting how candid it was and and that he was there and having a good time and looking forward to new adventures and uh, maybe we'll see Vince at some other gravel races. Yeah, awesome. 
Well, I know Townsend's got to bust out of here. Uh, he's yeah. got to get to something. He's looking a little anxious here. So um, I guess we're going to have to uh, wrap so it I up there. Yeah, we're going to call this just a special DK segment of the uh, or a DK edition of the podcast. There's other let's cycling news to talk about, but uh, we'll do that when you yeah. get back. Yeah, I mean, let's give a shout out to Carapaz for winning the Giro. Chad Haga, American wins the last stage of the uh, to, uh, uh, time trial. Yeah, fantastic. Um, and I got... I Oh, you broke oh, up there, buddy. I was just going to say that I won the fantasy <laughs> league between the three of us, so mm. that's important to get in there. Yeah. Shout out to George for winning our fantasy league overall. Um, even with that, he sl- he even had Dumoulin, and I uh, used 20 points on him and, st- and still won. Amazing. Uh, so, yeah, and next coming up is uh, Tulsa Tough. We're in Tulsa. We are staying at the Joy's house. Uh, Amy and Dan Joy are super kind for dealing with us, and uh, I'm excited to see automatic racing soon. Uh, racing starts Friday uh, evening, Saturday evening, and then Sunday, the Crybaby Hill course. We just went on it today. It's intense. Uh, and uh, the flooding's not keeping the they, – they didn't have to change the course. Are they going to be able to use the whole they thing? Changed it. They changed it, and they changed it back, so we're back to the original. Great. Um, it's – it's going to be a full Running, weekend of switch fun. Switch and rolls. Yeah, we're switching rolls. Now and you're racing and I'm supporting. And I think mm. the three days of, of crit racing will still be less than the amount of time that, that I supported <laughs> you for Dirty Kanza. Well, but we're not counting. Uh, we're not. We're, we're not counting We're now. definitely not counting. It's not we're, going on a scorecard. No, no, but but are you going to ride 200 miles in those three crits, Bodie? <laughs> yeah, probably going to ride a total of like 30. <laughs> Um, anyway, so yeah, lots of, lots of fun stuff coming up. Hopefully we'll get to maybe some more audio, uh, do a little more, maybe a couple snag a couple of interviews while yeah. I'm out here. Um, I'm excited to meet automatic racing. Yeah. I'm excited for you to meet them too. Yeah. And locally, so, yeah. locally, we've got the, uh, Tour de Louisiane this weekend, Tour de, Tour de La. Just had the Hamadel, yeah. uh, race, uh, is there Hamadel Classic, is it called? I think it's the Hamadel yes. Classic, yeah. Yeah. But, uh, uh, you went up for that Townsend, so maybe we can catch up on that later on. For sure. Yeah. Well, thanks for calling in, guys. Uh, it's been awesome. Yeah, thanks, Good luck um, this weekend, buddy. Thank you. Um, so, Townsend, why don't you just sign us off like like how we usually do? Oh, no. I don't. All right. Here you go. All right. Well, uh, this is the T-Bone, and I want to congratulate Emily Bissett for winning the podcast this week. Thank you. And this is a cheerio. And honestly, I've been feeling a little, uh, a little envy there. Um, I am getting my new hip in August, and I think, you know, next year, maybe I'd like to head up to Kanza. All right. Hell yeah. All right. All right. Well, this is the pizza boss, um, and I'm just going to say I did Dirty Kanza. Damn right you did. And this is the Bodie Bodie saying, once again, if you have any questions, comments, or concerns, send us an email at yeahyouride at gmail.com. Leave us a rating or review on iTunes. Check us out on Instagram at yeahyouride. And I will see you all at Tulsa Tough. Hashtag take Monday off because we're driving home. Good night. Um, I have a banana moon pie in my checkpoint one bag, which I'm really excited about. Um, and I have an oatmeal cream pie in checkpoint three. I've been told there might be pizza for us at some point. Um, so all those things are pretty motivating to me. Um, but I'm also just really motivated to get to be able to see your smiling face at the checkpoints when I get there. So... I'm here at the start line of DK200. Um, there is a lot of folks. I can hear the announcers doing call-ups for those folks in the front row, all the pros. Um, this is organized 
Looks like by time base, they have a finishing time estimation banner and folks are lining up accordingly. Looks like uh, Pizza Boss Emily is uh, heading to the 16 hour banner. I think that's a good goal. Yeah. Hyped up. Also kind of nervous, actually. But good. Allie? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> what are you looking forward to at checkpoint one? Um, ooh, getting there. Yeah. <laughs> sunscreen. I'm really like focused on sunscreen right now. <laughs> Sarah Sneath, what are you looking forward to at checkpoint one? Um, a bathroom break. <laughs>